Eye on the Hill 2023. Special coverage on Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. Welcome back to Inside Sources. I'm Scott Simpson here with Leah Murray. We're filling in for Boyd, who's uh, out. And uh, Leah, we're we're uh, going to dive into a, an issue that just sort of seems to be the gift that keeps on giving. Right? In this terms of politics? Great yeah. Salt Lake. It's got the yeah. attention of almost everybody. The Speaker of the House is, has uh, made it his primary focus. Right. I was just up at the Capitol today, and I noticed on the third floor, every photograph around the perimeter of the third floor, which is the chamber level, all photographs of... But you don't know if they did that on purpose. Like, so my question, you did. Okay. Either either it was ordered by the Speaker of the House or it's somebody that's trying to suck up to the Speaker of the House. (laughs) Like, put this up so everyone is thinking about it all the time. Absolutely. Well, so there was new legislation that was proposed uh, yesterday, which I think is interesting given that there's been so much attention to it. New legislation proposed um, that establishes a couple of other things. And I'm very interested in the why to this. What, you know, right. wh- why was this legislation necessary as a supplement and those sorts of things? We have with us the executive director of the Utah Rivers Council, Zachary Frankel. Thanks for joining us. Scott, Leah, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here today. All right. So can you talk to us about this specific like legisla- legislation that we're seeing coming out right now? What is being proposed in this re- with regard to saving the lake and what does make it different from earlier bills we've been talking about last week or the week before? Yeah, so everybody agrees that we need to save the Great Salt Lake. I mean, I think uh, there's bipartisan support from both sides of the aisle, clearly a majority of Utahns, all of us. We care about this namesake that is so unique to our state. Uh, But what does it mean to save the Great Salt Lake? You know, Yogi Berra once said that if you don't know where you're going, any direction will get you there. Right. (laughs) And the challenge that we have with the Great Salt Lake is what is our goal? How do we know when we've succeeded? What are we trying to do? You know, a lot of us, when we drive on the interstate, I-80 or I-15, and we see the lake, we just see it, and we we may not know at what elevation we could define as success. So Senator Nate Bloon is sponsoring a resolution that recognizes how important the Great Salt Lake is to our economy, to our people, to our air quality and our health and to the environment. But he's also running uh, as part of that a goal that would say the official state policy of Utah is to return the elevation of the Great Salt Lake to 4,198 feet. The 4,198 feet is the beginning of the healthy lake range. So it's like a patient that we need to get out of the sick ward by saying it needs to be at 4198 feet. So uh, Zachary, I'm I'm not I am I'm, I'm playing the role of the cynic in the show today. <laughs> Leah's just always okay. up. She's positive. She's looking at the bright side all the time. I I just uh, not to turn this and you mentioned at the beginning that the Great Salt Lakes tends to be a bipartisan issue, but I noticed that there are two Democrats as the sponsors of this bill. Is there is there a reason uh, that, that this is not part of legislative leadership's proposals and solutions that have been pro- provided? Well, you know, legislative leadership has run a number of bills. There have been, you know, we obviously don't have enough time to talk about all the bills that are run sure. on water. And I don't think this is partisan. You know, a lot of times when sponsors come forward, you know, we're going to work with whoever expresses interest from either party. And this is who expressed interest for each of these bills. And so, we, you know, we we don't want to turn a legislator down. We don't want to shop for legislators. We, we're always interested in good ideas, and, and we don't care what letters come after the person's name when it comes to a good idea. 
Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind, only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Got it. Now, you, you it makes perfect sense to establish kind of a metric, uh, and the, the actual elevation of the top of the lake makes some sense to me. The second bill uh, that you've got ha- has a little more, it's a little more complicated. There's a funding mechanism for purchasing water rights. Can you walk us through that? Yeah. So, you know, we we need money to do this. Um, You know, the Great Salt Lake is not going to respond to tweets or press conferences. It needs water. No secret that lakes need water. And so we need money to be able to purchase water for the Great Salt Lake. And in the last legislative session, a bill was passed to direct the Utah Division of Forestry, Fire and Sovereign Lands to do what it can with a new account called the Great Salt Lake account to raise water levels. And that agency was also granted the authority to own water rights through a separate bill, HB 33, passed by Representative Joel Ferry, who's now the director of the Department of Natural Resources. So that agency is a really good agency to be acquiring water rights. And what Representative Briscoe's bill, HB 286, does is redirect current sales tax money that Utahns are already paying for everything they buy from a candy bar to an automobile that is currently going to a construction fund for Bear River Development and Lake Powell Pipeline. Utahns may be unaware that they've been paying uh, money in sales taxes for those two projects, which are unpermitted, unapproved. Um, Bear River Development is at least 50 years away, according to the proponents. So since the Great Salt Lake needs money right now for water, Representative Briscoe's bill would redirect that sales tax money to the Great Salt Lake account so the Division of Forestry, Fire, and Sovereign Lands can use that some $60 million in sales tax every year for acquiring water. But it will only last for five years if the bill passed, and then it will sunset and continue to go back to the construction fund for those water projects. So we're not even trying to say, let's let's stop those water projects right now. We're saying, look, the priority is the lake. Let's put the money into the lake and deal with everything else later. Yeah, I was thinking, I was getting caught up in the politics of it, but the sunset provision sort of eases that a little bit. But I do have a follow-up question to that. What's the normal transaction for the acquisition of water rights? Do you, I mean, is this just market forces? You've got a farmer, a rancher, or an industry that that has a water right. Do do they have to volunteer to sell this? And and then and then how is that? What valuation is placed on that? Is it is it is there an ombudsman? Is it like when they buy freeway land? You know, for for the West Davis corridor. How does that work? Great. Great question. Yeah, you know, it is market driven. And so just like any other, you know, agreement between buyer and seller, 
it's driven by perceived value and appraised value, and and it just varies. You know, just like land. You know, it depends on location, location, location to get your valuation. Water's the same way, except it's a little bit more about the seniority of the water right. Who is, how old the water right is determines largely its value. And in addition, where it is, um, the the older the water right, meaning the the more venerable and defended that water right is in terms of it being first in time, the more valuable it is. So if we had a water right from yesterday, that would not be as valuable as a water right from, say, 100 years ago. And so valuations are just driven by perception and the market force, and it's about a buyer and seller making a deal. All right, so can you talk to me? I'm sorry. I'm so- I grew up in New York, and I'm just going to tell you there was water everywhere, <laughs> so this was not as big a political <laughs> issue. So I'm a little new to always talking about water. But isn't it the case that we don't have enough water? So I'm wondering, so it's great to have funding to buy water rights who are maybe people are going to volunteer and then do you use eminent domain? I mean, my point is, if it's a crisis, where do you get the water? What if not enough people volunteer? Like, how does that work? Really good question, and it's a big one. Um, I know we're running out of time, but let me do my best to hit it quick. Yeah, you've got so, like 30 seconds. Go. <laughs> so Utah is America's number one highest municipal water user per person. We're using more water per person than anywhere else in the country because we're using so much water on our grass in the summer months and especially on our sidewalks and our driveways and our gutters and that's why our gutters are full of water so we're trying to figure out where the water is um but 85 percent of the water we use in utah is actually by agriculture agriculture is the number one biggest water user and we're paving that farmland unfortunately and so there is water being transferred out of the farm sector and that's the water we're talking about trying to acquire for the needs of of the great salt lake and it's not just about the lake itself. It's about our air quality because this lake bed dust that is being um, exposed to the air column in these wind events is really harmful to our health. And so we really need to save the Great Salt Lake, not just for the birds, the 300 300 species of birds that depend upon the lake, but also for our own health and well-being. All right. Zachary Frankel, the executive director of the Utah Rivers Council. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me, Leah and Scott. It was fun. All right. So coming up next after the break, we're going to talk about the fact that the Department of Justice is suing Google, one of the largest tech companies in the world. <laughs> 